So everyone, uh, welcome um, to uh, our Accelerate track in, the, in our podcast room. This is also our Recharge room, which we absolutely love um, by our good friends, Dave Kaharjek here with Discover Deepa. Uh, so throughout the day, this is what all the networking is going to be going on or the networking breaks. Uh, we've got uh, um, our recharge station over there, charge your cell phone. We've got coffee, but this is going to be the hub during every network break. So it's a nice, relaxing place. And, um, you know, if there's something that uh, catches your eye, we've got some great guests and, and, and you can join us and glad that we're here. And great way to start off with uh, with our friend, Sed Funches, yes, all the way from San Diego. Yes. Without a wallet. Without a wallet. Without a wallet. But uh, we're going to figure that out at some point. Um, but um, I just want to welcome everyone and um, look forward to an interesting conversation. All right. You tell us when we're ready. Let's go. All right. Good morning. Welcome to the first podcast for the Wilkes-Barre Connect Conference. Uh, my name is Joe Boylan. I'm the executive director of Wilkes-Barre Connect. And with me is, as I've been saying all morning, uh, my new best friend, (laughs) the great great. Sed Funches, (laughs) the co-founder of uh, Schooled. Sed, welcome. Thank you. Honored to be here. It's been great. Well, we, um, you know, when we looked at doing this conference, I think it was, you know, hey, you know, can can we get someone? Can we get someone? And and Ashley, uh, that 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 you know very well, um, Ashley Axios is our our first uh, uh, speaker during lunch today. Um, and after Ashley, it was like this just windfall and you were right at the top. And the moment Julie Annexter, our good friend said, you've got to meet said. And I was like, okay. And I remember we hopped on the phone and we talked like we had known each other for about it's been great. Yeah, our that whole lives. Great. That was great. So to have you here, it means so much to us being our first conference and having you here. Um, and for us, I, I just, first of all, welcome to the area. Thank you. No, thank you. This has been, I, I, I have to say, you know, I've been doing Schooled for um, a good little bit now, you know, probably three to four years properly doing it. Um, took a couple breaks here and there, but um to have the opportunity to kind of be out here in a vibrant, um, growing uh, environment that is hungry for ecosystems. I think that's mm-hmm. the best part of being able to tell my story of what school is, um, what I've learned along the way. And, you know, it's just been great, you know, to be honest with you, kind of this this almost natural growth of a conversation. Well, and I think as you, you saw this morning with some of what we call our Connect Avengers, yeah. um, there is some passion, there is some energy here. And that's what um, I love what you bring as well. And so um, you, you brought it up right off the bat. Tell us about school. What is schooled? What does that mean? Absolutely. So um, I worked in the NBA for uh, seven years, NBA, WNBA, uh, seven years uh, in Minnesota. I worked for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Fantastic time of my life. Um, I got to experience so many different things, um, work with top-level executives, ownership groups, uh, just get to know people personally. And during that time, I got to really interact with a lot of players. Um, And so Schooled was born out of my experiences with just really seeing that in the professional sports, uh, there's a system that gives kids, really, hundreds of millions of dollars, but zero education on what to do with it. And as time has grown, you know, I, I basically looked back on that time and I said, you know, I don't think that that's fair 
to the kids to blame them for losing all of that money. You would see all these documentaries. And I would just look at that and I'm like, but who's the dumb person? You gave a 19-year-old kid $60 million and then you're like, oh, you blew it. How did you do that? And all of those conversations, all those experiences turned into my just quest for trying to find a solution. And I, And it led me to see that it's not the kid's fault. It's not a, a basketball player's fault. It's a system that we literally do not teach money in America. We don't bring it up. As a matter of fact, in MBA courses nationwide, mortgage is not even mentioned. There's no <laughs> courses on mortgages in an MBA, and you get a business degree. So I, I just started to see that there was a systemic problem with education, and Schooled is what you know I created as a solution. It's a neuroscience-based uh, platform that actually delivers financial education, but more financial health. Um, and that's really what I focus on with Schooled is I create a game-like way to teach people about money so that they just feel healthier about themselves. Yeah, and, and what, I, what I love about it too is I think um, it gives the person the power yeah. in the way, the format that you've developed. And I think, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, you get in a public setting and you say, okay, how many people here, raise your hand if you don't know the difference between credit and debit. Do you think anyone's going to raise their hand? Watch this. How many people know the difference between debit and credit cards? What's the difference? <laughs> debit? Credit can build up over time. How many credit cards do you have? One. How many debit cards do you have? One. All right. Scott knows what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, I bring that up because I we we had multiple surveys with professional athletes, and uh, you're referencing that, and 60% of them got it wrong. Yeah. With that much money, I think a lot of people always blame the athletes. They don't know anything. There's a lot of people with a lot of money or just a lot of wealth that don't have to have that that education. So to your point, that's really the whole point of, of what school it is. It gives you the opportunity to have the power without and with the privacy of just learning at your own pace. And I think, again, that and that's the point that I love, the privacy thing. I think, you know, where we could draw a parallel between school and, and the economic development world, what we do um, when we're working with companies and talking about workforce and we, we raise questions and have the, a traditional setting of let us help you understand some workforce solutions, the room is silent right. because they, they're afraid to speak out. They're afraid of let people know that maybe they don't know something. Right. And so I think, you know, what we do at Connect is try to do exactly what school does and find a, a different platform, a different way that you can learn on your own and understand the way you can do it. So I, I just applaud everything you're doing. And this this isn't your first rodeo, right? So no. you've been about five companies you started. Yes. First one at 19? First one at 19. I, I actually started foolhardily a uh, <laughs> skateboarding company uh, when I was 19. Um, I was working in the NBA and I lived in San Diego for about a year and a half. And during that time I met just tons of pro skateboarders. Um, you know, they would all skate at Ocean Beach or, you know, just skate parks. And um, one thing led to another. And so I started creating just one, started with graphics on T-shirts and then it turned into decks. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And I had writers, at, you know, and sponsorships. And that was still during the time of catalog sales. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was able at 1920, you know, at 21, I mean, I think, you know, generously speaking, I was probably doing around $15,000, you know, a month profit at 20, age 20. Wow. And 
I think I look back at it terms now, and I have a kid now, and I'm like, God, I wish I was doing $15,000 profit <laughs> anything. <laughs> this kid is taking all the money in the world. But uh, I look back on how much more successful I would have been if I had financial training, financial yeah. basics, financial um, you know, I was fortunate enough to work in the NBA so that I got in touch with a lot of business leaders. And with the NBA team, you have minority business or minority owners who are all business owners. They're all local established business owners. And so I had a couple of uh, minority owners take me under their wing and kind of, you know, they were, I think they were just enamored that a black guy had a skateboard company <laughs> at 19. <laughs> Anyways, I think it was very interesting to them. But I used to just be just, just, you know, just almost... I don't think I was surprised, but I think it was one of those moments when someone's telling you something and the light bulbs go off. And, and, you know, as time goes on, you look back on those times and you go, you know, what if I knew what I knew five years after I started? Mm -hmm. How much better off would I have been? And what I started to see with that was it wasn't complex Wall Street jargon that I was needing. It was just simple, basic unit economics how much are you selling this for? What are your costs? What are your end costs? Is this worth you pursuing? You know, just simple things like that. And mm -hmm. that that bolstered me on with school. And it, it made me really passionate about just really getting that into the hands of individuals where I thought that it would be the most effective, especially for me. It's just the ninth grade. If you just simply told me what compound interest is, like utter it, just say it. Don't, you know, I always joke with my teachers. Um, when I see him now, I'm like, hey, you remember all that stuff you were like, this is going to be important and you better pay attention. No, it <laughs> is not. It was not. Yeah. However, how to manage your 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 paycheck, how to make good decisions when, you know, you have bills in front of you. Like, teach me those things, the things that you kind of go through life and learn on your own. I, I really thought that it would be a great opportunity to put that back in the hands of high school kids. Mm -hmm. And that's really what the heart and soul of school is, is give you the information, let you grow into it and let your mind activate when you come across that situation again. Yeah. And, and, and I, what I love too about school so much and, and, and looking forward to the work we're going to be able to do together here. Um, you know, this area is perfect for it. Mm -hmm. You know, this this area, we, we have our challenges. Our poverty rate is extremely high. Uh, you go into some of these schools and while you'll find passionate teachers, you'll find that they don't have the supplies. They don't have the resources mm -hmm. to do that. And I, and I shared a story with you last night where my daughter goes to a great school locally, um, but her only financial literacy was in a one to two day uh, retreat that they would do to junior achievement right. in the year that she was supposed to go, they didn't get a chance. They didn't have the funding. And so while, you know, that maybe $10 a student was a big number for the budget to look at, you're impacting 350 kids that year at exactly. least. And so, you know, for us, I think it's about finding those tools, finding those resources and what we're trying to do here at the Connect Conference, identify ways that we could make change here. And I think looking forward to bringing school here because I think it's such an amazing opportunity to really start to change the dynamic with with our with our students yeah. and get them involved. Well, I appreciate it. And <clears throat> excuse me, I, th I think that when I first started down the road of creating the platform, um, you know, I, I thought it would just be an app. <clears throat> excuse me. Honestly, I just thought it, I'll just make an app and we'll go from there and everyone will download it and it'll be easy. Easy. But money <laughs> is such a complex subject. Whether you have a lot of it, 
and let's just be frank, when you, and full disclosure, I have friends who are at all levels of the spectrum. So very wealthy friends. And when I say wealthy, I don't mean they play in the, in the NBA or anything like that. They're, I mean, their father has owned, father, grandfather owned essential wealth for, and it's, it's interesting to see that person as well as someone who didn't come from much have the same struggles mm-hmm. to talk about something openly. And what we probably should change as a society is the only real thing that we should have a problem talking about money is what is the exact number in our accounts? Now we could keep that private, but how things work, what is the interest rate? What is a ballooning interest rate? Like why, why is that a secret? Why is an overdraft charge you know, if you're in high school, you've never heard of an overdraft charge. You probably got it. Your parents paid for it. You know, it's it's we have this almost shame of money. Oh, no, that was a bad thing. And I didn't do it. And so really the the thing that I am working for working towards in 2020 is really just changing the narrative and changing the conversation so that individuals can talk more openly about what they know and what they don't know and then give them a resource give them a way or a platform to go find the answer without anyone trying to blame them. And don't, you know, no one's going to guilt you into, you didn't know this. And the idea is to make it as neutral as possible. So we all feel that we're starting from zero Mm -hmm. and we're all learning at the exact same time, whether you have a lot or whether you have a little, at least we can all help one another. And and we we got a chance to talk, um, talk, you know, let everyone know, I think it's by the day now, the partnerships and the support starts growing around what yes. you're doing. Can you talk about some of the, yes. the organizations it's, it's and the just, people that have come on board? It's just truly been, it's truly been amazing. You know, uh, Best Buy Education, Nickelodeon, you know, individual groups. Um, I have a vast network of, <laughs> of individuals who I work with. Um, Amobi, who, you, who you've met, you know, so professional athletes. Um, I've got unions, you know, um, professional unions. I'm under NDA with a couple of professional teams. And it's just actually amazing to see. I think because the conversation is starting to shift a little bit now. And so enough people are starting to talk about, yeah, you're right. I didn't learn this until this. Why? You taught me, you know, there's memes out there. You taught me the Pythagorean theorem. And I it serves zero purpose in my life. But I spent days of the team and this is what this means why aren't we doing the exact same thing for here's how you go to target and you only spend twenty dollars because you made a list and hey you'll have two dollars left how how do we get that as the main discussion and so having partnerships to be honest with you come on board and just the people that have rallied around being wanting to be a part of school you know it's just truly been a blessing I'm, i'm truly humbled every day i wake up to see people you know getting excited about you know what i'm trying to do and, and and I'm laughing and apologize to my mother if she's going to be listening to this as a school teacher, uh, growing up in a household with with a school teacher. Um, uh, she hammered home a lot of those things, and yeah, now I, I, I do the same thing. I joke, um, but I think you bring up a good point though. Um, education, yeah. it is. Boy, you talk it, 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 every time you read a publication, it's oh that industry is ripe for uh, disruption, right. but it just seems it doesn't happen. Right. But I see school as finally being something that it's not only going to change the game there, it's just such a great way that can really help elevate a community, which I absolutely love. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think my thoughts on education have changed. It, they've evolved over the years where I used to say the cliche thing of, oh, it's just bureaucrats and 
oh, it's so much politics and it's just terrible to work with and oh my gosh. And then I started to work with actual school districts and schools and I got to meet the parents and I got to meet the people who sit on these councils and they don't, it's not for lack of trying, it's for lack of education for themselves. And the last thing that people want to be is disrupted. Just imagine any time in your life when you've had a lot of things planned and the power went out. Not a good thing. And I think the word disrupt, I think we can look around, and I'll even speak about it later today with a lot of you know things that have happened in Silicon Valley and just you know venture-backed companies. The, the, a lot of people who are disrupting things don't have problems. That's why they have no problem disrupting other industries and other people's way of lives. They actually come from a lot of money. And either they get a Forbes article that painted in a different light, but they've really, you know, I've sat on a couple panels and I was literally the only person who had to pay bills on that panel. And we, you know, I just said, hey, be honest, you know, have you paid your credit? Oh, no, my parents. So how can you go into a community and help people learn how to pay bills if you've never paid a bill? Yeah. Oh, well, you know. Anyway, they get $20 million to go create a platform to, you know, disrupt. But I think the conversation is changing because people are saying, I don't want to be disrupted. I don't need to be disrupted. And I think what has to happen is individuals have to come up with platforms, products, um, services that don't disrupt, but actually change the way those industries work and bring along those people with them. Take the teachers hand in hand and say, hey, I'm going to help you teach your kids, but I'm going to help teach you. So then now you're equipped. Um, I always break down the, the day of uh, a school teacher of probably 1980 compared to 2019. If you think back in 1980, you know, a teacher would come in, teach the class, the class would have to listen, you know, you take your notes and then you have some work time and then at the end, okay, here's our assignment for tomorrow and let's review what we discussed today. If you think about that with technology and with a phone, that's basically 45 minutes I don't need to sit in that classroom to do. I can, ha- I can do all of that on my phone. Yeah. And so I think education has to recognize where technology has gone and really assist teachers and just an education structure that we have to get to where kids are. They're, it's not that they don't want to learn. It's they're bored. Yeah. They're it- bored. I mean, I, I could learn a lot more. I mean, I worked in the video game industry, and – you have essentially one to two minutes within the beginning of a game to teach the person how to play the game for the next six months. So you play any game, Call of Duty, you're learning how to play that game as you're doing it. And then you play it for six, seven months consistently. I I think what I'm trying to do is get education to do that, where we actually take the time that we have in front of students, teach them how to do something, teach them how to benefit themselves with something, and then let them start doing that right away. Yeah. And and I think, you know, especially when we look at some of our um, school districts locally, um, we have some and and you meet and I've had just an amazing opportunity, our team to work with Leadership Mm Wilkes-Barre locally and some other organizations, get a chance to meet some of these teachers. And, you know, one in particular, I'm um, totally name dropper, Lori McCabe at Coughlin High School. Um, and going in, had a chance to go see her, her, her classroom yeah. and see the students walk in, like greet her like she's just j- their best friend. 
and to see that energy that she can grab from these students. And when I go into her classroom, she's got a TV on the wall Mm -hmm. that I remember from my childhood back in the 80s. Mm. Probably hasn't worked in 20 plus years. The clock doesn't work in the room. She's got this computer that I it's going to explode at some point. Doesn't have enough uh, chairs or desks in the room. There's no textbooks, and she's making it work. Right. She's finding a way, and what she's done is leverage technology. Right. And and she'll bring them over to the Think Center, and we'll give them an opportunity to 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 get on stage and do different things, and 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 get to test stuff out in in a new environment. And I think you know that's what you know, you, you talk about, it's that change. It's, it's, I think instead of wasting our energy, trying to fight it, let's just find our own path. And I think that is embracing technology. And I think, you know, school does that perfectly and looking forward to it. So when, when you look at this area, what, what do you see for school? Where, what, what, what's, what's next steps here? Well, I honestly, uh, I'm looking forward to having a partnership with with a couple of NBA teams, um, professional sports teams, um, and then leveraging that into the collegiate level, partnering up, and really what's schooled, what I try and create is ecosystems. And so the, 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 the mantra of schooled is you and your closest friends at least need to know what you're talking about. And that's why I make the lessons so accessible and so essentially shareable so that everyone has a, a shared understanding. Um, and so that's at the professional level. You know, they have their own ecosystem of friends and trusted, you know, uh, individuals managing their money and parents. It's it's a big thing. A lot of people think that a lot of these NBA players are just off, you know, on their own spending money and just being silly, but they're not. A lot of them are just kids struggling to, you know, balance the immense mental strain of being in the NBA. Mm-hmm the immense mental strain of having money for the very first time and not really having a, a good platform or a good sound foundation and just struggling with what they can do with that. And so what I try and do is engage the parents on that side as well. So I, I noticed that that was a huge hole is that everyone was focused on these 19, 20, 21 year old kids. And I'm like, but mom and dad, you know, I worked in the NBA and mom and dad are around for the first two or three years. They're at the games. They're still, it's just like high school. There's, mm-hmm. they still come and support and eventually just like life, they peel away. And what I saw was a huge opportunity is why isn't anyone talking to the parents and helping them conti- continually have that ability to help their children. And that's the ecosystem that I work with at the professional level. Um, and then I take it to the coll- collegiate level um, I work with kids on campus and essentially create those role models and let them have their own cluster. And then we go right to the high schools. And high school is a little bit more straightforward where you have essentially schooled proper in your hands on a daily basis, sharing, earning, learning, and going from there. But all of those mixed together form one huge community of individuals who've learned at the exact same time. It's amazing. And I just... I, I just love the whole layout of it, of how you're just hitting so many points. And I think you bring up the parents as such a critical point, not only in the MBA, but with at, at the at the student level mm-hmm. of these students can now educate their parents as well. And it can be something that is family oriented and yes. they can learn together. And I think that's critical as well. Yeah, that's that's huge for me. Um, I, I did a pilot program um, a couple years ago. Um, with uh, um, Freedom School in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. And it was about 
you know, essentially just trying to introduce this to, you know, it's a lower income area and parents are doing the best that they can. And so they basically had a, a program where we wanted to let's introduce some financial literacy. I didn't know how it would turn out. Um, so, you know, we went through the pro, we went through the course. Um, we went through the exercises. Kids, of course, are amazing. Um, but to my surprise, what I said, okay, well, we have to get the parents involved. You know, at the time, I was like, okay, let's figure out a way. So I said, okay, let's Friday, let's have all the kid, parents come in, and then I'll talk to them about what school is, what I'm doing, and I mean, there's not many times in your life where you're blown away, but to have the parents come and ask questions, these are retired teachers. A lot of them were asking questions about, so what about my pension? You know, I know I worked for the school district for. 20 something years what do I do with that how do I and these are basic things and to see some of their kids be able to answer some of these things you know it really set me on a path of seeing that individuals you know and and maybe because we're kind of conditioned in the startup world to grow as fast as possible and to give me 10x multiple because I'm going to give you ten dollars but what I look at is you know how do I multiply what's my 10x on on parents children, businesses coming together? How do I get that net effect? Because after this is essentially set up and we do our pilots, I have to really start considering how do I get this to rural areas mm -hmm. that don't have access to Wi-Fi? And just you know, truly just to go back to the parents, it was amazing to see the parents be involved. It was amazing to see parents care and just really thank me like, hey, no one else is teaching them this. And, you know, I try and tell them just save a dollar and things like that. And it really drove home the importance of schooled, but it really drove home the importance of me evolving the way I looked at it. I don't want to extract a dollar from the customer. I can do that from all the businesses. I can partner with businesses left and right, sell advertising, <laughs> and I can do all of that. What I, my goal truly is to give individuals an advantage that they didn't have before. And that's, hey, if you're in high school, I'm gonna teach you how a credit card works so that when you get on campus, don't worry, um, Amex is gonna be there, Discover is gonna be there, and they're gonna offer you a credit card. $5,000, <laughs> you're a kid, you never even had any credit. There's <laughs> 5K you'll know what to do with it or what not to do with it. That's my I ideal dream with, with school. But I got to see how important parents are to the solution, you know, and I think they're forgotten. I think they're cast aside and, you know, not really thought of in the equation where with school, that's really their part of the equation. And, and I, I just, you brought immediately just a flashback of being a freshman at, uh, I attended Penn State University and, uh, going there and buying my first textbooks and uh, you open that bag and there is, wow, this is great. I could get, you know, my Capital One car. I can get this car. This is great. I just got to sign here. There's a sign. And um, <laughs> for some of our, um, our, our younger folks back in the day, you used to be able to sign up, get 10 CDs for a penny. Remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is great. This is and great. it just did yeah, getting stuff delivered to the, you know, to, to, to the apartment. But, uh, but no, and I think, you know, I think it's such a, a valuable tool. Again, I think um, we talked about this a little bit, but it, it's it, it's one thing to to look. Education's complex. Mm -hmm. You know, where where the pressure points, government, all the impact on it. But at the end of the day, you know, we talked about. You know, we both we both have children, right? And and uh, I talk about my daughter propped up with her cell phone, got her AirPods on, she's watching something, she's got her laptop open. Mm -hmm. 
And my my father will be, you know, what is she doing? I said, she's working. Exactly. That's how she works. That's how her mind works. That's how they consume information. And so, you know, we're still working in a system that's trying to fight that. It, it, it really is. It's, you know, the, the amazing part, I have a son. And um, if I, you know, we'll download some apps on his iPad. And, you know, if he's playing too much with it, I'll, I'll try and hide it. You know, I'll, I'll put him in a, in a little thing. And I'll, you know, say, okay, well, now you can't play with it. And, and I'll go, you know, come back. And lo and behold, he's playing that app. <laughs> he finds it. He plays around and finds it. And so uh, as our conversation yesterday kind of, kind of uh, alluded to, if he's doing that at two, that's age two, then why would we, in an education system, strip all of that creativity away? And now... Come in, listen to the professor, take notes, take a test. How'd you do on the test? I got an A. What does an A mean? What does that mean in real life? Sometimes I, you know, I, I get invited to schools to speak and I talk, talk about this stuff and I'm sure they're like, what the, what do we do? <laughs> but it's, re, it's reality. It's, yeah. We essentially take all of the creative things that kids are learning and, and figuring out on their own and then we put them into an antiquated education almost like a you know hamster wheel and that i think is what has to change but it has to be changed from a holistic standpoint and that's really what my approach is is take some of that and give it to some of the kids and you'd be sh you'd be shocked you know that that same um pilot that i ran you know i worked with uh a group after school there was four kids um um and i'll, I'll never forget i you know just try to break the ice with them hey so Tell me you guys' challenges. You know, these are uh, ninth graders. So tell you your challenges. And, you know, they, they joked around for a little bit. And then one, one came to me and said, you know, um, well, my challenge is that, uh, you know, I, I don't like school. I was like, oh, why don't you like school? It's like, well, my teachers, you know, they're, they're nice and all, but, you know, they, they're, they're just kind of difficult. And then all of them kind of come along together and I'm like oh tell me what, what are you talking about I'm like well they think we're dumb I'm like what they think we're dumb because we're poor ninth grade it's it's what drives schooled mm -hmm. you have to take the bias out and essentially I have, I have a son now, so I have to look at it as he's learning freely. He's, uh, my wife is a sign language interpreter, so my son speaks sign language. He signs when he talks. I don't want him to go into a system where that's pulled away. And then he has to take a test. And I've sat on panels that were national panels, and I was like, well, hate to break, <laughs> hate to break it to you guys, but there's zero tests in real life oh no there is no uh-uh there is no studying i don't have to study for anything i learn and digest ingest what i want and i think that's what we want to get into the education system get less about taking tests and proving that you can memorize something and really teach and let them absorb here's how it works here's why it works and when you do that indiscriminately and take all the bias out then everyone actually has the same type of access to education and, and, and it, there, that approach is, is something that Connect lives by as well, especially yeah. when we look at workforce, right? Um, and, and uh, you know, we look at something like computer programming locally. 
and the students coming out of our schools right now aren't aligned with what our workforce is hiring. Right. There's a problem. There's a right? problem. Right. And when, when you sit down and you talk to our local developers, okay, what, what solves that problem? Give me a couple months with them. Yeah. yeah. Get them out of the classroom. Get them into an experience. Let, let me work with them. And, and we see that once you start to bring that new way, that, 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 that new thinking or new approach of learning like yes. that, experiential learning, that, you know, it's such a transformational piece for these students. Yeah. And you'll, you'll see tomorrow at our conference uh, our America 250 finals awesome. Awesome. Uh, with our good friend Julie Annixter awesome. from, from MAGA Design. Um, you know, we have eight universities from Pennsylvania competing to launch a campaign for uh, uh, America 250 for Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And if anything, you take everything else away, when I got a chance to read all the feedback from the students and the professors, it was it was that same message of it was just an amazing experience. Mm-hmm. And it, it could have been just one day that they were right. a part of. And I think there there's something to that. And I think, um, you know, this generation we talked about, you know, we have uh, organizations so caught up in the millennial generation. Well, guess what? Generation Z. Oh, right. First graduating class, they're on their way, and they're different as well. So I I think, you know, school is just making that, carving its own pathway, and we absolutely love that. Well, I truly appreciate it. I think there's so so much alike about your approach, and I think that's really what has driven a lot of our conversations is you see that you really do see the need. Um, You know, I, I tried to get schooled into schools, and I went down that pathway, and it was one of the most frustrating journeys I've ever seen. And when I learned what a, a chamber of commerce was and how it operated and how it already pulled together the businesses that eventually I would have to go get anyway, mm-hmm. I was like, huh, what am I doing? I'm going <laughs> about this all wrong. But again, that's the, that is an education level. I mean, we're not taught about the chamber of commerce and what the function of this, the secretary of it. I don't, I would have never known any of those things had I not kind of, you know, kind of broadened my horizons. And I think that's really what school at its core is. It's essentially teaching even my competitors that the way that you're building your ways of teaching people is built on a way of education that may not exist in 10 to 15 years Mm -hmm. because of the workforces it's changing and people need to have skills and they need to be you know really coached up on those skills so that they can perform a task you you mentioned computer programming there's different languages within computer programming react i'm actually learning react and i didn't go to college but i would probably be able to get a job if i could prove that i could do that certain task because i know that language that's the way we need to start thinking, and that's that's truly the goal of, of school. It's it, I started with financial literacy because it's it's close to my heart, and it was really close to a lot of the players and athletes that I worked with. Of, hey, I got all this money, but no one's teaching me what to do with it. Or I got all this money, and somebody gave me a financial advisor, but really, a lot of financial advisors or VCs they're just fans, mm-hmm. and they just are trying to get close to players. Players are not dumb. They're polite, but they're not dumb. And so while that person may believe that, wow, that was great, they got a photo op, you have to keep in mind these athletes take pictures nonstop (laughs) and they sign autographs nonstop. And so from a professional standpoint, you don't want to be that person. If you have the opportunity to work with athletes and celebrities, help them. If they need your help with something, help them with that. They don't need your help 
with the things you believe they do. I, I have a funny story about, uh, you know, a friend of mine, he plays in the NBA and he talks about, you know, really respected uh, financial agency, financial firm. And they, they, every time they get together, yeah, I used to play ball. And dude, you didn't play in the NBA, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> so like, I used to play ball too, but it is no comparison to making it to the NBA and playing at that high level. And I think that's really what, hopefully I'm doing with Schooled is really pulling the wool, you know, pulling pulling the covers back and showing people to really help people succeed and achieve. You have to do one simple thing. You actually have to help them. Yeah. Not talk to them and talk about yourself and how cool you are and here's your great idea and if you only gave me $200,000, we could just, what do you need help with? Yeah. Hey, I need help with this. You know, one of the things that drove me is an early story I told about school is I had a friend, again, he played in, he played for a few teams and I was helping him move. Um, his girlfriend had moved out and they, they split up, you know, amicable split up and he was happy and stuff. And I was like, hey, you know, I was helping him move and I, I pulled some of his mail. I'm like, he hadn't looked at his mail in a long time. I was like, hey man, you got a couple bills here from AT&T and stuff like, what do you want me? Like, I don't, I've never paid a bill in my life. <laughs> I was like, What? I've never had to pay the bills, you know, and in the athlete's world, I, it really started a light started to go off. Like a lot of them, if to make it to that level, you have so many people helping you mm-hmm. along the way. And, and I think a lot of people believe they're helping by saying, Joe, don't focus on that. You focus on making it big. I'm going to go down to Wells Fargo and I'll figure all this out. When really what they should have done is said on Saturday, we're both going to go down there. Yes. So, you know what I know. And, what happens is that you're in essentially kneecapping some of these guys who could have learned along the way, um, could have had the opportunity, but you kind of believe that you're protecting them from something that's too difficult or, oh, don't stress yourself out with this. When what's more stressful than having that kind of money and not knowing how to manage it? Yeah. So that's where I really just think, you know, having this opportunity and these discussions, um, I, you know, Amobi and I, we talk about this all the time is we have to change not only the narrative, but you have to change the conversation. Everyone's talking about the wrong things. They're talking about, um, I can get you the financial advisor and another story of a buddy of mine told me, Hey man, you know, I got this financial advisor who wants to work for me and he wants to do this. And he's like, I can make you X amount of money in five years and 10 years. He's like, but I have 57 million right now. So unless you can make me 57 million in five years, 10 years, oh, I can't do that. What are you talking about then? And Mm -hmm. I think that's, as you mentioned, you have a generation looking at this millennials or generation Z and I'm like, they're, they're savvy. I know what I have. So why would I pay you a percentage to put it into an account and take, wait, this doesn't make any sense. He may not know how to manage all this money, but he knows that that's not what he wants to do. And I think that just speaks to a larger generation of, you know, individuals who, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago, it was easy. Hey, you want to buy a house? Sure. Ask people now. Want to get a house? Nope. Nope. Want to buy a car? Uh-uh. Do lift. And so these, these huge structures are from our education commerce standpoint that used to be in play they're 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 no longer in play so we just have to come up with a different game plan how do you get in in touch with individuals how do you teach them how do you help them yeah and again through the phone through technology <laughs> that, that's it's not going away it going away. Last night, it's, not, right. it's not going away well yeah. as we wrap up here um if you can give us I, I know we talked a lot not not to spoil too much more but 
Um, you'll be on the big stage, three thirty yes. today. Uh, give us kind of a preview of what you're going to be telling everyone. Um, I'm gonna. I, I truly do focus on ego. I um, I spent essentially the past six to seven months talking with a lot of players, but really talking with their parents, significant others, uh, individuals who are in their daily lives, like really at a human level. And the main thing that came out of that is individuals who approach or are trying to work with athletes, and I could say it's the same with celebrities, there is so much ego that they're bringing to the table of, I'm this and this player better do this. That player has $37 million cash liquid in the bank account. How much do you have in your bank? Why should they listen to you? And so really the narrative that I, I try and weave is if you're trying to do something and doing something worthwhile and you want to help someone, take the ego out of it. Because ego leads you down the path of either lying to investors and, and defrauding individuals because once that lie gets so big, you can't tell the truth. And so that's really, you know, where I get in, you know, hopefully I can inspire individuals, tell a little bit of backstory of where I came from, uh, some of the things that I was uh, fortunate enough to, to be a part of and how, you know, I had to take check my ego, you know, or, you know, fortunately, I have some funny friends growing up. And, you know, a lot of people are very candid with me and, you know, I joke around, but I, I, I really take it personal on how how do I help other people see, you know what, you'll get much further in life if Pull your ego back a little bit and just really listen to individuals, see how you can help them. So I'm going to kind of talk about that. Well, I, I can't wait. There's no doubt you're going to inspire. You say you're going to hope to inspire. It's no <laughs> yeah, doubt it's going to happen. You and never know. They, people could boo. And <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. And, and what we've got, we've got one of our vision boards up for you and one of our what if statements. So I think that that's uh, one of the cool things we're going to be talking about, about not only can they learn about school, the impact and and, and, mm -hmm. and, and what it's about, but they could sign up right then and there. Absolutely. Of, I want to be a part of this thing of whether it's going to my former high school and talking to students or, or working, uh, you know, within my business or corporation, it doesn't matter what level, right. just get involved. So right. we're excited. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you for being our first guest this morning. That's awesome. And we look forward to, uh, to hearing you in a couple hours. Sounds good. I truly appreciate it. This has been awesome. All right. said. thank you so much. Thank you.